Hello, everybody. Welcome to uh, tonight's, today's, this afternoon, this morning's, depending on where you are in the world, uh, Q&A with Mark Lefebvre. Uh, we are going to be talking all about Mark's new book, and uh, which is called Wife for the Win. Do you have a subtitle? Yeah, it's really too long to read. It's like optimizing <laughs> your crap on all the platforms everywhere globally, la 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 la. <laughs> keyword Amazing. stuff, keyword stuff, it. keyword yeah. stuff. <laughs> Oh, brilliant. This is how this is this is a sign, guys, of how tonight's gonna go. This is fantastic. Um, okay, so yes, we are going to be talking about uh, wide marketing. But first of all, I'm just gonna read uh, Mark's bio, which I stole off your website earlier. <laughs> so I don't know if this is the correct bio. Uh, but Mark Lefebvre is an author, professional speaker, and bookseller with more than a quarter uh, of a century of experience in writing, publishing, and book selling. So yeah, like thank you. Yeah, thank you so much for joining us. First of all, let me ask you a question. How did this book come about? That's a very good question. I'm so glad you asked. I've been working on this book since uh, the day I left Kobo, or actually before, uh, because I wanted to keep doing things in the industry. I just didn't want to work corporately. And I was, I was calling it Indie Publishing Insider Secrets, based on my 25 plus years of working in the industry and understanding both sides, indie and trad publishing. And, and that book never happened. Uh, I kept working on it. Uh, one of the chapters of that book became the seven P's of publishing success because it was like 18,000 words. And I was like, oh, that's a mini book. 25,000 words of the chapter became killing it on Kobo. And then, uh, and then I also did an author's guide to working with bookstores and libraries, which was like a 30,000 page chapter. Um, and so, I wasn't sure what to do because I just kept trying to write this book and it just kept exploding into bigger and bigger things and all these offshoots. In the meantime, uh, Aaron Wright from uh, the Wide for the Wind Facebook group had reached out to me and said, hey, uh, I read Killing on Kobo. I loved it. I started a group called Wide for the Wind, kind of inspired by what you were doing. And I'm writing a book called Wide for the Wind. I'd love to uh, you know, get some feedback from you and you know, whatever. And I was like, cool, let me know how I can help. And then she worked on it for two years and realized something I, I discovered. Uh, it's a lot, uh, and, and, and you're never gonna finish it, <laughs> which has sort of happened to me too. Uh, and then she decided uh, she, she was making really good coin as a romance writer, but was not producing anything new while she was working on this book, which was not good for her ink, to, to living, <laughs> not, not good to pay the mortgage and everything. So she had to abandon the book at which point she reached out to me and said, listen, I, I don't think I'm going to do it. And uh, and I felt really bad because I was looking forward to it. And I said, well, you know, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm all over alliteration, like a cheap suit, right? So if, can I use the title? <laughs> uh, you know, would you write the forward for me? Because I think, I think it would, it would work really, really well. And, uh, and I know she had a cover design for it, but I wanted to stick to the, my Stark Publishing Solutions brand, which is like the, the white background with the, similar images and uh and she was excited uh, to support me on that so um that has been an ongoing challenge so that's kind of how the book came about and uh Amazing. And, and if everything goes well it's supposed to release release on march 23rd it is it is because i went to have a look to see if i could uh, pre-order the uh paperback but it's not live yet only the, the kindle, paperback hasn't kindle in the formatted e yet you see <gasps> No, it's probably gonna the formatting of the paperback started this morning and it's going to continue tonight uh, it's only afternoon late afternoon where i am in the eastern time zone 
uh, and then um, and then it'll continue tomorrow. <laughs> and then I'll be able to pre-order. Yeah. I'm such a, as you can tell, I'm a complete paperback horse. Yeah, so, you know, and, yeah. <laughs> I mean, and a lot of people have said that they would prefer that. I mean, I have, I have, I think most of your books in paperback because they are they are better to have when you have a really good reference book. You can read it on a, a device. Mm -hmm. I have read uh, your books on my Cobalt. But the paperbacks are the ones you mark up and the paper mm -hmm. is stick, sticky notes in and, and you turn around and you go, what was that thing she said? Flip, 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 right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I read your libraries one on my um, device, but then I was like, ah, I need, I need, I need the paper. Yeah. <laughs> it's like sticky tab and stuff. All right. So shall we start with the basics then? Well, like perhaps we, if we look at like basic distribution um, when it comes to being a wide uh, marketer. So I a couple of questions around um, aggregators. So should people use an aggregator like draft to digital publish drive, uh, smash words, if I'm forgetting any of the Street other lib. ones, Streetlib, Yes, thank you. Um, or should they go direct to places like Apple and Kobo um, and Barnes and Noble? What is like the general feel there? So, I mean, I have a long chapter in the book on this because there's no easy answer. Now, my, my default, my preference is to go direct to the places where there is a, a fringe benefit you can't get from not because the challenge of going direct, I mean, it, it's, it's a matter of time and, and saving. So some people just don't have the time, but you get tighter control. You get a little bit more margin typically. I mean, I know Publish Drive has a program that if you're a, a really, really rich author already and, and, and the 10% that you would lose by using them, you know, you pay in advance knowing that that's going to be less than what you would pay in the 10%. Uh, that's a platform that doesn't take the 10% away. <clears throat> But there are certain platforms like you, you can't run a KDP, uh, an ad, an Amazon ad, if you're not in KDP, if you don't have at least a paperback or ebook there, because you can you can play the system that way, right? You just have to have one. That. And then, yeah, because you can run an ad. If you run an ad and they're all on the same item page, the person's going to buy the format they're going to buy, yeah. right? That's kind of yeah. how that works. Um, uh, Cobra Writing Life, for example, they really heavily prefer direct. And they pretty much, so I know Draft, I mean, I do work part-time at draft to digital so I have a bias towards them, obviously. Um, but I'm never going to steer an author, and that's what I love about D2D, is I'm never going to tell an author you have to use draft to digital I'm going to tell an author, you have to do what's best for you. And we're going to show you what you can do. So with Kobo Writing Life, for every one promo you get to Kobo through draft to digital you get 30 <laughs> Kobo Writing Life, because the Kobo Writing Life team is very, uh, you know, they, they want you direct. They're very aggressively, they're almost like they're not Canadian, that that's how aggressive they are. Um, <laughs> but you do get some promotions there, right? And and I have been a, a naysayer, uh, a poo-pooer about Nook Press, BNN Press, because in six years, the platform changed eight times. They they were once owned by Author Solutions, which is the biggest crook in our industry. Uh, and, and, you know, die, Author Solutions, die. I'm with David Gogren on that big time. Um, so I could never really wonder or trust them. However, I did a one hour session with Aaron Wright a couple weeks ago because I needed help writing the chapter on how to use Nook because I don't use it because I've had a bias against them from day one. And holy crap, they have some really amazing promotional items if you're publishing direct. So if you're an author in one of the very few countries these losers service, sorry, if you're in a country that 
you can actually have a, a BNN Press account. I'm still going to be a cheeky and a bit of an ass when it comes to mocking people. Uh, I don't know why they pulled out of the UK for eBooks. That just is, you know, like they could have just sold a few extra books doing very little. Um, however, uh, if you can get into Nook Press, it looks like there's some amazing opportunities for promotions. And I would recommend the exact same thing. Uh, you pretty much have to go direct to Google anyway, because even if you're at Google through another aggregator, you still have to have a Google Direct account. So why not do it? And they have some really cool coupon codes. So you can get coupon codes from uh, Nook, you can get coupon codes from Google Play. Um, and, and, and again, you can set it and say, hey, 75% off coupon and it's self-serve. You can get self-serve coupons from uh, Nook, uh, BNN Press, uh, as well as through Google Play. And what a great way to send that out to your, to your readers, to let them know, especially if you've just come to wide say, hey, all my books are now on Google Play. Do you want 75% off for the month of April? Here. Now, the cool thing is for an author is, I mean, they can pick from any one of your books, but the way that the coupons work is only one per customer. <laughs> it's not like they can, I would have preferred that they could buy all my books and just buy them all up because I had been playing with that myself um, on Google Play just to try and get more uh, action. And I've gotten action. I had, a, I had an international book bub. Finally, my Google Play sales are starting to lift. Um, so I think, I think there are benefits. Uh, oh, the one exception, the one exception to KDP uh, Amazon ads, you can run an Amazon ad for any platform. Uh, from uh, I, I can run an Amazon ad on my traditionally published books on Amazon through Publish Drive. They, yeah, I don't know how they do this. Now, the, the downside is they take your, you know how you only pay for a, an Amazon ad if, if if you get clicks? Here with Publish Drive, you have to put in, like, if you want to spend 100 bucks, you give them the 100 bucks now, and then they sit on it until it depletes, and then they ask you for more money. So it's kind of, it's a situation where they're sitting, like a publisher, they're sitting on your money for a long, long time, making interest off of it, and then spending it slowly. Um, but that is one way around if you're not direct, if you've gone through uh, BookBaby or some of those other service providers that do, do all the, the distribution for you, you could use Publish Direct for advertising to um, so Amazon. I did not know that there were coupons through Barnes & Noble Press and Google. So am I, did I hear you right that I can determine the amount I want to give off of the book? Yeah, yeah. But, but, but again, they're not going to do anything for you and put it up on, uh, well, Google no, Play does a landing page for you, which is kind of sexy. Here's a URL. Here are all my books that you can use the coupon on. <laughs> really? They build it for you automatically? With Nook, uh, you have access to coupon codes automatically. Everyone should have access to that. It's in the promotions. It's not very intuitive. So it takes a little while to find it, but there's promotions per title. And then there's two other hidden promotions that not everyone gets. It's like Cobo Writing Life. You have to email and ask for it. Now, unlike Cobo Writing Life, there's some ma magical thing that the Nook people do that they may or may not give it to you, <laughs> depending on if they like you or not. I don't know what it is. So be nice to them. Unlike yeah. me. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but uh, you know, that's uh, then you get access to additional promotions, which are there's these feature like very much like the Kobo Writing Life ones where there's monthly regular promos. And then there's seasonal promos like, you know, it's going to be some like Easter and Passover and, and, and stuff like that. Um, promos related to seasons. Um, but those promos, if you can apply at Kobo or Barnes & Noble as much as possible, apply for everything. 
when when you get rejected, as you will often get rejected, like BookBub, they're probably not even seeing your book half the time because they had a, a hundred submissions and they only needed twenty titles, so they bulk rejected eighty of them without even mm -hmm. looking at them. And unless they come back and say, Sasha, please stop submitting that same book over and over again. We don't like you. We don't like this book. Go away. And unless they say that, keep submitting. They'll yeah, tell you. I mean, I, <laughs> I submitted, I think, like 18 times before I got like a daily deal. I just kept hitting submit because I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to keep going until you give it to me. I'm going to be annoying. Give it to me and I'll go away. <laughs> You keep trying, and, and the ones uh, daily deals are really hard to get. Uh, the the yeah. ones that are a little bit better because they usually get like three or four hundred books in a promo are those monthly thirty percent off promos. I highly recommend. Mm -hmm. Those are the ones you get. Well, those and free are where you get the most traction. Yeah, that, and I'm going to come to free um, shortly. So um, I think you've answered a few of the questions. Uh, there, were, there were a number of questions about, you know, should I use aggregators? What aggregators do I use? You know, should I go direct to something? I think we've kind of covered that. So a next question, do you need uh, a different ISBN for every distributor um, you go for, for your paperback and hardbacks? No, ISBNs are for format. Right. And so um, paper trade paperback, uh, uh, large print would be a different ISBN, hardcover, different kinds of hardcover, like case bound versus jacketed uh, uh, copy, stuff like that. Yeah, that's the only thing you would need, a different ISBN for a different um, um, format. That's that's it, technically. Perfect. And the next question was, for, oh, I should be telling you who's asking these, shouldn't I, so that people know that their questions have been asked. Um, all right, so I'm going to do this going forward. Okay, so Dan says, um, is there an easy, like, let's say you've gone direct to some and you have an aggregator for some. Is there a piece of software out there or um, an easy way to manage all of the dashboards? No, and that's the challenge. And that's one of the things I do like about draft to digital is they do have uh, a built-in way that you can assign a VA access to your managing your titles and prices, but not have access to your sales or your um, banking information. Ooh. Don't have that on KDP. Apple has that as a, if you're direct with Apple, but in terms of managing multiple platforms, D2D is the only place that has that. Uh, in, uh, in an efficient way, I should say. I think Publish Drive has something similar, but the thing I like about D2D is I can manage, I actually have access to about eight or nine different uh, accounts from my friends where I'm just helping them out because they're not as savvy. And, and I just use my own draft digital account. And I look over and I go, okay, I'll edit Sasha's books. It takes me over. I can only see your books. I can't see anything else. I make a price change for you. I toggle back to mine. I don't even have to log out or log back in. So a VA could manage 18 or 20 or 50 different authors with one draft to digital account. That's amazing. Um, I didn't but, know um, I, For sales, that's a hard one. I, I've been using Book Tracker for a long time, but a, a scribe count I started using. And, and that's just for analytics of sales. And oh my God, if you haven't checked out scribe count, it's browser-based where you just basically allow access to your uh, different dashboards. You have a plugin that you install in Firefox, for example. And then when you log into scribe count, it uses the plugin to access your data. So you don't even have to give them your passwords. And then in about five to 10 seconds, I can go and see all my sales from, so I, I go direct to Kobo. I have a draft to digital where I do Apple and Nook and then a whole bunch of other places. 
and then I go direct to Kindle. But then I can now see in a single dashboard in this really sexy pie chart that shows me my percentage, you know, of uh, wide versus, uh, you know, exclusive. If you're in uh, K, like the KNP reads, if you have any books that are uh, in Kindle Unlimited. Um, and and it's, it's amazing. And then you can drill down, you can do title, you can filter by series and scribe count. I highly, highly recommend you check that out. Yeah, I've not, um, I've not yeah. heard of but that But it's one. not for managing fantastic. your titles, it's for analyzing your sales. So it saves yeah. you that. Now, a trick I use, I use Draft2Digital because Draft2Digital has a handy little copy and paste feature. If you're looking at your book in the, in the Draft2Digital dashboard and you click on the title or you hover over it, it says View Metadata, it takes you to a special screen where all your metadata is visible and there's little copy and, like, copy and paste buttons. Copy your synopsis, bam. You can open up and see all your prices. And so what I usually do is I start on Draft2Digital. So if I'm doing a price change or a price promo, I start there and then I have all my data that I can either copy over if I'm entering it in Kindle or Kobo or anywhere else. Uh, or if I'm doing a price change, I go, okay, my master prices will always be there because they have the best sexy uh, automated conversion that actually does a conversion for you to a clean, a localized price. And then I, I kind of copy that data over to my other platforms to make sure that they're all consistent. So. I have been with Drafter Digital for years and I didn't know, I've written, I've literally filled like three <laughs> post-its already, like for stuff oh, no. that I didn't know. This is amazing. And um, we've already had comments saying this is gold as well. So informative. So um, oh, yeah, thank you so much. Thing that I missed yeah, when I talked about aggregators. Apple is the one retailer that doesn't care if you're not direct. And I think there was a question from Tim. Was it Tim? No. Uh, might have been Apple. I think it was Tom. Tom oh. Fowler said, with the, scarcity, with the scarcity of Apple promos, yeah. is it better to go to Apple through an aggregator like Draft2Digital for potentially higher promo opportunities? I think so, because Apple's really collaborative. And with Draft2Digital specifically, uh, there's a week, uh, not monthly meetings, and uh, there's somebody at Draft2Digital constantly sending Apple stuff uh, based on forms that are like, new, new, you've got a new title that's up for pre-order or whatever. And, and they're, they're attending to it and we're getting a lot of promos through Apple. Now, Apple will only accept, you know, 10 if we send them 100 books, but they're regular. And they, Apple will only talk to you if they want to talk to you. They're like ninjas. They will magically appear out of the blue when you're ready, like when you're, when you're good enough. That, and they, they do rather for, for the majority of authors, um, like they'll call you, don't call us, we'll call you. For the majority of authors, they prefer to have a curator that can deal with thousands of authors and find the right titles and say, okay, we had a whole bunch of these submissions. Here are the ones that are really, that we think are the best of the best. Uh, and they allow that work. Now they will, what I love about Apple is, Apple will reach out to us if it's a draft digital author and say, hey, we noticed Sasha's got a new book up for pre-order. We'd love to have that up because they have a special where they the, the merchandisers at Apple actually read it. We'd love, can you ask Sasha if, if, the, if the book's ready? We'd love to get someone to read it so we might be able to feature it in our, in our forthcoming releases. And, and, and they know we'll reach out to them and put you in contact with them. And unlike Cobble Writing Life or BNN Press, they're not gonna try to steal you to go direct. They don't care if you're direct or not. They make the same amount, of, all these companies make the same amount of money, whether an author is direct or whether they're through an aggregator. So they're, they're actually, to be quite honest, they would be better off using an aggregator because then they would have less internal costs. 
but Apple's the only one that uh, loves working with an aggregator. Same, th same thing with OverDrive. OverDrive is um, easy to work with in terms of trying, and they're getting more and more promotions. So, so I thought I would, I thought I would address that because Apple is the one exception where, I mean, the only difference is that 10%, obviously. Uh, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But, yeah. uh, and their platform's a bit better now than it used to be. So <laughs> it's actually somewhat easier to use. Yeah, I, I am direct uh, with Apple, but I do use like Draft Digital as well. Um, and yeah, Apple has been. I, <laughs> anyway, um, so I just wanted to add, if anybody has questions who's watching live, please do feel free to add them. I basically collated loads of questions in advance so that we had like a solid structure for this live. So if you have questions and you know, you're feeling like, oh, I didn't, I didn't get them in, don't worry, just drop them in, in the comments. And Linda's dropped a scribe count link, which is fantastic. Um, and if you scroll back up to the top, Mark's book is on pre-order and I've put that link and I will put that link in again. Um, so yeah, please do make sure um, you go get a copy, preferably from a wide store. Oh yeah, I don't care where you buy it. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Well, you know, ask for it at your local library. Yeah, exactly. Starting, uh, exactly. Probably it won't be there because uh, they're, they're slower to accept. So I know yeah. it won't be at Overdrive right away because they take a week. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know how they are. I do. Okay, so Zane asked. What what is the first thing somebody should do if they want to go wide? Pray. No. Um, <laughs> Brilliant. No, no, but it does start with a P. It does start with a P. Pack a lot of patience. I think so. The first thing that I would recommend if you're going to go wide is you probably started with Amazon because it was simple and it was the first store that you came to and it's the world's biggest bookstore. Your entire perception has been skewed to be Amazon, 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 Amazon all the time. Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. It's very, that's the, that's the thing that you're getting. Pick a store, um, check it out. Understand the store, browse the store. Get, spend one-tenth of the time you spend looking at your book on Amazon and look at it on another store. See what the differences are, see what the similarities are. Understand, do they have a free app that you can just download and test a free book and actually read it and understand what the reading experience and browsing experience is? I would try to not do too much at once, but to take a look at what's going on at the other stores. What are the books they're featuring? What kind of books are they featuring? Are they featuring your genre a lot? If not, eh, move on to the next store. Maybe you start with them because it's gonna be a lot of work. It's gonna take a lot of time. And the one thing that I think a lot of authors do is they publish wide, but they don't behave wide. Mm. And it's kind of like um, not investing in a relationship, right? Where you're just going to go and be, you know, with everyone, but not give anyone anything except the one, <laughs> right? You're not giving them uh, the, 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 the care and tenderness and affection that you're giving to Amazon. Uh, and that's the biggest thing. So, and, and it's hard. It's hard to love a lot of people. It is. It's really, really hard. We t we tend to we tend to be very <laughs> very fixed on one, and that's okay. That's kind of a thing that is culturally acceptable. But I think no, it's okay. I think it's it, it's time. so true. Yeah. yeah, and also I think our default is to do the thing that's easiest. So yeah. I have been really cognizant this year because I know that I don't. I mean. 
like I will read an ebook if I have to, um, but I have been trying really hard to buy from like Blackwells, from Waterstones. Um, I do book depository sometimes, although I heard that Amazon own book depository. Is that true? Do you know if that's true? Yeah, they do. Well, they own half of ah. like Pepsi and Coke. They own half of the other companies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, anything not to... Um... <laughs> To, so well yeah i'll have to stop using but depository then um okay let's move on a little bit to marketing so i cannot believe we've already been um half an hour um too much. no are you joking i have so many notes i'm like i need to change all the things right now um <laughs> what was so oh i'm just gonna add um a, a question so dharma says what day of the week does kobo add new promotions uh monday through friday they don't work on weekends typically um yeah th that's the challenge you don't get notified uh so yeah you kind of have to go in now i know for example they change up a lot of the promos on on the monday and they tend not to do it till after 9 a.m eastern so if you're in the uk you're going my god it's one o'clock they haven't changed it i'm supposed to be featured this week don't worry you'll just get that extra time the following monday when they flip over to the next feature or whatever so don't panic um because they're operating on a different time zone um but yeah there is no because sometimes they may get a, a feature from the, the 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 master the big merchandising team and they find out about it and then they build it so there's no set schedule unfortunately Okay, we have cat. a friend. Yeah, hello, kitty. Um, I'm just going to move this, otherwise she's not going to sit down, and then it's going to be chaos and carnage. So you can now sit down. Carnage. <laughs> kitty carnage. It sounds like, sounds like a follow-up to one of your books. Ready? <laughs> carnage. Yeah. <laughs> um. Okay. So Ian Worrell has um a question, and I'm not sure this is a, a quick answer really um but he says if i'm in an aggregator should i take my books out and go direct and if so when would be a good idea to do that um when or if i'm making enough money to leave my job time is the reason why i use draft to digital i think right. it's such a personal individualized question that it's hard yeah. i don't know if you can offer any opinion on that well for libraries I would never do that, never change it because they can't keep up. Retailers are, are better at it. However, if you take it down, no matter how you're publishing, if you're direct and you wanted to switch to an aggregator or you're an aggregator and you want to switch to direct, you're probably going to lose your reviews. And for sure, and at Kobo, for example, they call it your book's temperature. Your temperature gets reset to sub-zero. Uh, and it's really hard to warm those things up. So if you have any action, any play, any any sort of also bought activity, um, I would be very hesitant to move it. Now, if you got a title that's a dud and dead and not moving, you haven't lost anything. So that's something to consider. I think that's a that that should be a big consideration, even mm -hmm. uh, over time. It's like, yeah, I'm going to make a, an extra ten percent, but ten percent of zero is zero because if you go back to zero and it took you nine months or two years to build that, it is a slow build. It's not easy, right? It takes, on average, on average, it takes nine months. And I have a lot of people go, okay, it's nine months on Monday, Mark. You said it was nine months. I got my table. No, no, it's on average. T.S. Paul, when he went wide uh, into Kobo, I thought he was lying to me because I had already left Kobo. And he's like, I already made this on Kobo. I go, that's impossible. You can't make that, that on Kobo that early. <laughs> and he showed me his dashboard. We, we, we did a Zoom call and logged in. I'm like, oh, my Lord, you're the exception that proves the rule. 
what, what did you do? Oh, I just published <laughs> and told my people. <laughs> I'm not bitter or resentful. <laughs> no, not at all. Okay, no. I built the platform and I'm still well growing. Still yeah. <laughs> exactly. As well done. We're so happy with you. Come on. <laughs> Um, all right, let's look at launching. Um, what are the most effective launch techniques for a like a wide launch? Uh, inclusivity, for sure. So don't just say, hey, I got a new book out. Here's the Amazon. Like people still do that thinking, you know, maybe because that's the store they buy at. Um, inclusivity, inclusivity globally. Uh, and I'm going to say uh, draft to digital is one of the places that allows you to have a books to read link. And the books to read link, even if you're exclusive, is global because it has all eight Amazon links built into it. And you can put your affiliate code into it. So um, that's an important thing to remember. So if you put, if I just post a link uh, to Amazon or Kobo or Google or whatever, I'm still only posting the geo uh, location. For, for me, it'd be the Canadian site. But if I use the books to read link and you click on the Google one, you're going to go to the UK or Amazon or, or Kobo. So I think the other thing when you're thinking about your launch is consistency. If you have a series, um, the rapid release isn't as critical, but consistent release is. And most books really start to take off only after the third book in the series, if it's a series. So you may want to have like a, a one and two out almost immediately with three on the near horizon and then schedule it out. So you've got four five, six, maybe up for pre-order potentially, rather than just kind of hit them all at once. Cause then that way you can kind of, there's, there's a little bit more relevancy so that you're releasing something new on a regular basis. But the other thing you have to be careful is if you can't keep that up, you're going to set an expectation for readers. So mm -hmm. if your normal writing rate is, is, one book every quarter maybe you plan your release in that way to give yourself a head start and keep going um and and recognize that the other challenge is in traditional publishing and in self-publishing um it, it, it's always been this way publishers used to stick with a new author for at least three or four books because they knew it would take that long to get traction traditional publishers stopped doing that a long time ago <laughs> that yeah by the third book they're like yeah whatever we're just you're going straight to remainders like we're not even going to put any effort into this um and on and on i remember in the early days of self-publishing it was the folks like bella andre and barbara freedy who came over from trad publishing and were the first major successful romance authors out there it wasn't until book three or book four in their series that things finally started to go um, yeah, so, I think it's because you then have like that flexibility to do price drops and, you know, and still make a good positive ROI. Um, somebody's just come in and said, um, I hear that they say that readers are lazy and that extra click using a books to read link might deter some sales. Like, have you seen this in action or is it just, you know, they said? Well, it's a, it's a they said thing. There's been studies. Yeah, the, the least amount of clicks are fine. But it's also time. Are you on your website or in your social media, are you going to put all 57 likes? No. And who, who's That's stupider for a customer to have to go through those. Or I mean, I'm, I'm not making fun. I'm just saying chances are you're going to put an Amazon link, maybe an Amazon.com and an Amazon.uk, and maybe you'll, you'll throw in something else. That's not wide. That's very exclusive. Um, and so... 
it's 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 a catch twenty two. Now on your website, you may have uh, there are there are uh, plugins and stuff you can do where you can actually have the links with the logos and stuff like that. I'm lazy. Yeah. I put it in books to read automatically. Like when Apple changes their logo and they call themselves Apple Books instead of iBooks and stuff like that, and all the different things that the, they change, they stay on top of changing the logos and they stay on top of geotargeting. So I look at it and go, I'm not gonna. I mean, I do sometimes in my newsletter, if I have a promo that's only on Kobo, Canada, US or Australia or something like that, then I'll put those links. And then I'll also put a books to read link and I'll say, well, if you want to buy it on the, all the other platforms, here it is. Because yeah. people still, uh, click, still click that. Yeah, I use books to books to read links and I've never had a problem. Like people buy on all of the platforms because I'm providing a link to all of the platforms. Okay, I have two selfish it's questions. It's a good question, though. It's a, it's a really good it question. Is, it is a good yeah, question. Extra clicks, you want to reduce the clicks, and I do get that. I understand that. Completely. Yeah. Now, yeah. if somebody, just I should say, if somebody has set a preferred store on Books to Read on any book at mm -hmm. any time, and you send them a Books to Read link, and they say, I read on Kindle or Kobo or Google, it's not even going to Books to Read. It's going right to their preferred store. So that... Mm -hmm. That could save the customer time, especially yeah. the patient customers who don't want that stage. Yeah. That yeah. could help. Um, yeah. So ultimately, it, it will st it will be one link uh, once they've clicked one books to read link previously. If they've set if they've set a preferred store. Oh, okay. And yeah. it doesn't take them to that landing page. Okay. Two selfish selfish selfish. It's getting late, so my words might get kooky, but um, I'm going to ask two selfish questions. All right. So, um, I am approaching the point where I'm going to be releasing books three, and then I have the fourth book written because the fourth book is a novella. Don't ask. I didn't mean to do that. It just happened. <laughs> anyway. I understand. Um, oh, God. Just why, why can't the fucking series just go how it's supposed to go? Anyway, so my first question is... Should you do perma-free or should you rotate free, 99 cents, different prices? Like what is the, what technique is, is working best? Question. That is a great question. So there's a lot of thought that perma-free is dead and that comes from Amazon-centric thinking. That's because you used to game the system by making it free, it would rank up, then you'd flip it and it would stay at a high rank. And then Amazon got smart and said, huh. <laughs> let's not let them do that um and then people thought well perma-free doesn't work anymore um perma-free works it typically works best if you have at least three books in a series and usually is the first book with a strong call to action to you know preview click here to get the next book and that can be a books to read link generically or if you're if you're going to manage them separately a link directly to that book on the retailer just make sure it's a geo-targeted link because you don't know what geo they're in you don't want to send them to the U.S. store if they're in Australia. So that's where a link like that works. Now, if you're, and I understand there are people who don't want to give it away for free because the downside with free is people grab stuff and they're the ones who will give you a low uh, one star or crap all over your book because there's no confirmation bias. When they take it for free, they spent nothing and they'll crap all over you. If they spend at least 99 cents, they're not stupid enough to ever have put money against a book that wasn't at least worth it. The confirmation bias will, will ensure, well, that'll be a two-star or three-star review at least if they don't like it. Um, so that's an important thing. So um, I think 
Permafree still works well. And, and the challenge you have with Permafree is Amazon's only ever going to price match in, in two territories, mostly tops, UK and US. That's it. They don't care about the other territory. So my price match books, when they're price matched, because Amazon willy-nilly decides, and they can, it's their store. They can decide if they want to price match or, or not. I usually say, well, it's free everywhere. And, you know, depending on how Amazon's feeling, it's 99 cents or it might be free. You know, flip a coin. We'll see. I don't, I don't set an expectation. Uh, what I will sometimes tell people is like, well, if you're an Amazon reader and you really want to get it for free, talk to me. I'm sure I can, you know, book funnel. I can get it to you. <laughs> um, so I think free works. Uh, rotating. There was another question. I think this will cover it. Was the um, someone was asking uh, about rotating, uh, and someone else I think was asking about if you don't write in a series. That's where rotating a different free or 99 cent book can really help. And, and I've done this with my, my good friend, Sean Costello. He has nine standalone novels. Uh, we've always had one perma-free and one at 99 cents. <laughs> and then the rest, Sean wants to make them all 99 cents because apparently he just wants to see his name up on the number one. He doesn't give a shit about making money and he's hired me to make him money. And so we're always fighting. <laughs> but we have... Um, I was like 6,000 five-star reviews on this one book that was perma-free for years. Now the challenge, the downside is Sean hasn't released a new book in three years. Had he released at least a book a year, he'd be sitting with a lot of income. But he's just sitting on those eight books He because I'm also his first reader. And, and he's got like five, five, 20,000 words where it's like, oh my God, Sean, this is an awesome novel. What happens next? Oh, I'm bored. I don't want to write that one. I want to write a different one. And then he keeps going back. So, but anyways, even not having done anything for years uh, with his nine books out, they're all standalones. Uh, we, we recently flipped. Hereafter was a number one downloaded free uh, in, in the horror uh, category for uh, Amazon just a couple days ago with no promotion. We just made it free. And again, he's got hundreds and hundreds of reviews and we flipped the recently free book to 99 cents. And now we're, we're still making money on it because to be quite honest, it doesn't matter how many thousands of people have downloaded. I think we're close to a million downloads on that one book squall. We're, we were close to it now. And then we, and then we flipped it. I think it was like 789,000 free downloads. Um, wow. and, and again, that's the funnel. So they get to the end of that, they get the free book when they sign up. And then if they're real rabid fans, they'll buy everything. Ideally at the full price of $4.99 US, <laughs> £3.99 or whatever, uh, that kind of thing. And, and that, that can work on standalone and it can potentially work on series. The, the thing you have to be leery about what I always fight with Sean on is to stop giving everything away for free if you're trying to actually make a living. Give them a taste. If they like you and you're good, there's nothing like, it's not like your, your other books are $15 like a traditional publisher. Your other books are probably five bucks maximum, mm -hmm. I'm guessing, right? Yeah, this is the, the term. I have no issue in doing um, a free. I suppose the thing I'm struggling with is whether to do the first book as free or 99 cents and whether to do it as free permanently or I don't know. I think all I can do is experiment. And I suppose that's very much a wide mindset is to continue to experiment anyway. Yeah. And the thing is, um, you can do perma 99 cents because you can control that and you can't control free on Amazon. So it's the idea of free is going to be everywhere but Amazon in a lot mm -hmm. of cases, right? 
So that maybe like if that's too much work, well, start with ninety nine cents. At least you can, at least you have full control, and you're at least making thirty five cents. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Woohoo! Um, <laughs> rich. Um, <clears throat> okay. I can buy Barnaby some pants. <laughs> <laughs> no, he likes being free. Yeah. Um, so my next question is, can any genre? as an indie do wide now i say this only because as a young adult author typically um i see a lot of um indies in ku with young adult i don't see all of them um and i have been trying to remove my own bias by tracking bookbub um to remove that bias from myself um but yeah like i you know the ones that are wide typically are traditionally published books so I, yeah, I don't know. Can any genre do well wide or like, is it more suited to some genres than others? Um, there may be some genres that do better wide. Uh, for example, if you have more literary fiction, standalone novels, you probably stand a better chance at uh, selling more on Kobo who have a preference for those because they come from traditional publishing and through the American Booksellers Association, a lot of the eBooks that sell through the, through the partnership with the ABA uh, are the same kinds of literary titles that the independent booksellers would recommend to their in-person customers. There's a, the people who shop those stores and bookshop and places like that are gonna have the same biases that uh, they would get from buying at an indie bookstore. So maybe that's where your, your literary titles would probably do better than they would on, on uh, Amazon. Um, it really depends uh, on on the market and the time and understanding. Understanding, I, I mean, YA does well. <laughs> YA does exceptionally well on the wide platforms, and and I know you know like, like the Craig Martells of the world, etc. It's like all oh, sci-fi and, and and fantasy. They only do well in in you know because you got like thirty books in a series. Of course, that's gonna net you a lot of money on on KNP reads, but. Um, they still do well outside. The other thing to think about that is if something is, if everyone's doing something over here on Amazon and there's a big lineup to get in the diner and there's a cool diner over there where there's no lineup, you're in and you're getting served right away. So there's less competition potentially and there's less uh, people all paying for ads because it's pay to play on Amazon too, right? It's not like you're putting a book up and you're just going to sell. Mm. You, you have to run, you, you, you kind of, if you want anything, you got you to gotta be pushing people there. And usually that's by giving Amazon money. So there are ways of getting uh, the same sort of traction on other sites, I think, which was one of the other questions, right? Uh, yes, I think so. We've had another um, question come in. Zach says, okay, let's say I'm going from KU to wide should i stagger my release by platform and do several launches or push to all of the platforms and go at once uh that depends on if you want to focus on that platform and just go heavy on that new platform like hey i'm in i'm in apple now or i'm in whatever i don't see a benefit unless it's your time uh you, because for example if your book's now available everywhere uh, like all the the big the big five uh, ebook retailers and libraries, why not when you're if you, you get a bookbub or you get a, a bargain booksy or you get an e-reader news today or any of those things that actually link to the multiple sites? Why wouldn't you take advantage of it? Because paying for the promo is going to cost you the same amount. Why not have it go to all platforms rather than just the, the you know I'm on Amazon and Kobo or I'm on Amazon and Apple? 
So it's kind of a personal choice. If you don't have time to figure out the other stores and you want to test it out, that's a thing. But if you're going to be wide, you may as well, you know, maybe you just make them wide, but then you focus on one of those stores. But then if you get a, a third party promo, you're going to benefit right everywhere. I, I mean, I just ran, a, I just, like I said, I had an international book bub and, and I think Nook is probably my, my worst performing platform uh, because Google play has, well, it wasn't hard for them to pass Nook, but um, you know, Apple's, my West, hey. Apple's done exceptionally well on this promo. I'm really pleased. Amazon Canada. I was number one in all three categories, which is funny because Amazon Canada is, is useless <laughs> because it, it's not, if it was amazon.com, I'd be, you know, buying a helicopter right now. <laughs> But uh, you know, I can I can I can buy a, a keg of beer. <laughs> so, uh, but but again, uh, that international book bub was phenomenal for me because it did really move the needle on pretty much every platform, and it did move it on Amazon, even though I didn't even have an Amazon.com. I had UK and all the other sites, and and it and that was worthwhile. Um, had I only had that on Apple and Amazon, I would have only seen a benefit on Apple and nothing on the other platforms. So. Hope that helps. Okay, so um, Clary says, how do you start building readers on non-Amazon platforms? Uh, Third-party promos like I was just talking about, but also um, go in, if, if you're on Google, go and check out the, the, the coupons that they have that they make available. Um, check out that platform. Uh, check out the ones that they have on Nook. Uh, you know, the coupon codes. And again, tell your, tell, tell the community, uh, you can target, I think it was Patty Jansen from Australia, who uh, in the early days when I was still working at Kobo, she would specifically target uh, her readers on Kobo Canada with a Facebook ad, Kobo Canada, because she knows that's the biggest territory for Kobo. But then she would also have a different ad that she'd only target Kobo Australia. And so you might cycle through something like that where you're like, okay, I'm going to try an ad and I'm only going to focus on this one territory for this one retailer because that's what I've heard that, you know, Kobo's very clear about. I think uh, uh, Tara Kremen was just on with Joanna Penn. Uh, last She's week. on my podcast this coming week. She's on which podcast. Is, yeah. yeah. So listen to, I, like, don't listen to Joanna. Listen to Sasha. No, do. She's no. amazing. Joanna's amazing. Do listen yes, to her. I'm just teasing. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it was, it was great because uh, I hired Tara. <laughs> did you? I did. Yeah, she was working oh. on the customer service team and she would always handle the Kobo Writing Life questions because we didn't have a customer service team. And so when, when I created a customer service team just for Kobo Writing Life, I'm like, we want Tara because she's the best. And so we pulled her in uh, and then she was on the team and then she went to publisher operations for a while, but then she focused on indie books and then she came back uh, and now she's running the team. So there, ha ha. I hire the best, but no, she, she shared a lot of really cool stats. Uh, the other places may or may not share the stats, but you pretty much guaranteed that Nook is going to sell really well in the States and nowhere else because they're not available anywhere else. So if you're targeting Nook readers in Australia, you're going to lose a lot of money. <laughs> um, I wanted to just add, uh, you mentioned third party. Uh, I can't remember quite the word that you used, but it was like third party advertising yeah. promos that was it so um for those that don't know what that includes obviously mark mentioned bookbub um as one but you also have things like written word media who uh, do free booksy and bargain booksy so these are all newsletter promos 
and yeah um e-reader news e today or today. yeah all those good ones I, david yeah david gochran actually has a fantastic article on his website which i'll look for when i ask the next question and dump in the uh, comments about um uh different third party promos that he's tried and tested himself and uh so yeah that's quite good uh if people are looking for um different uh, uh promos and also bookbub's uh cpm ads uh enable you to do that specific targeting as well so you yeah. can do like kobo readers in australia or kobo readers in canada so um yeah that is and that is a great thing to play with too and david has a great book on bookbub ads <laughs> yeah he does he does um okay i want to make sure i ask questions across all of um okay so we've had standalone novels Okay, is it worth promoting and marketing a book if you only have one book or two books out, or should you just wait until you've written and published more books? Yeah, that's a really good question because I think it's hard to get a return on your investment, uh, especially if you've dropped the price to promote the book. Um, without having follow through. So, okay, I've sold them this one book. What are they going to buy next? Right? So there's, there's the, there's the extended benefit of that where you may lose money on the first book, but then you gain it once you gain it on that small percentage of readers who actually have read through. However, I do understand you have a book and, and let's be honest, you have a book. You're, you're a rare uh, person that's actually committed and done it so holy crap that's fucking amazing let's let's like that is amazing and needs to be celebrated and so try some ads try a few things don't throw too much money and investment at it because you're gonna try it as an experiment and say well let's just see what this does you know i'm gonna i'll, I'll try a little bit here i'll do this and there'll be a five dollar a day thing and i'll just kind of throw 25 bucks at it then you could at least understand who are your, like if it was a book bob ad, who are the authors that you think were the comp authors and did they actually work? Make notes while you're working on your next stuff. At least you know, okay, so when I have two books, either in the series or two standalones, well, I know that this tended to work and this didn't work. So that when you try it again, you've got more assets to sell and you've experimented because, and, and I completely understand that. Um, you know, I, I, think, I think it's, it's okay. Uh, to market, I just wouldn't. Uh, you could be a, you could be like a T.S. Paul, where it's, wow, you, you you're the exception that proves the rule. But I think it's okay to test. I just wouldn't. I wouldn't spend a lot of time and energy on that marketing because that same, like I said, when you have the book in the you know, series in one uh, uh, retail chain, but not all the other ones, like that that work you do could be spread across more things, and that's where the marketing payoff, uh, the benefit, that five dollars you know, may not earn you back the money on that first sale, but a month later when they read the second book in the series is when it pays back. So mm. that's something. If that helps. Yeah, I tried um, Facebook. I did manage to get Facebook ads profitable when I had two books, um, but it was tough. And I also had somebody who was like a super Facebook ads expert helping me. So I'm pretty sure that was the only reason I got them working. Um, so yeah, like it, it, I, yeah, anyway, right. Val 
says, and I think you've covered this slightly, but I'm just going to, so I'm just going to tweak, tweak the question. So the original question was, what marketing opportunities are there on other platforms? Everyone talks about AMS ads and Facebook ads. I know Kobo has an internal promotions tab, but what about the other stores? So you mentioned loosely um, that there are, I think you mentioned Apple, and now there are like coupons that Google and uh, Barnes and Noble do. But how does one get on these like Apple promos and are there any other things that people should be aware of? So Apple promos uh, tend to be sent out to authors through draft to digital Smashwords, publish drive, whatever, like however your aggregator is. I, I, I've been trying to um, uh, post uh, to the wide for the wind group. Uh, now Apple, unfortunately uh, keeps slapping my hand because they don't want them publicly shared. So I've gotten in trouble every time I've shared them. You may notice I've stopped sharing. No, I've hinted to some authors who are on the receiving end as, hey, if you want to help other authors, you can always post it. I'm not allowed to. Um, but Drafted Digital has uh, created a form that says, hey, tell me about promos, where you say, hey, I published to you know Apple and Overdrive or whatever you're publishing to from Drafted Digital, and I write these genres. So when Kara gets a, a, an Apple promo, she's just, actually, there's one coming up right now for Apple. It's for nonfiction. I know it's coming for nonfiction. Uh, because it's rare to get nonfiction, it, it, right? It's always, it's usually they'll they'll do thrillers and and, mystery, and romance all the time, but they very rarely do other categories. So this is going to be one that's going to be uh, pushed out probably in the next week, but it's for nonfiction about, well, I think you have a few. I need to apply. Yeah, I need to yeah, apply. So <laughs> if you filled out that draft to digital form, and I, and I should have sent that to you in advance, it's basically, it's a promotion. It's it's posted uh, all over the place on the wide for the wind group, but I should post it to the rebel group too. It basically is, tell me about promos. And so if you match, hey, you have nonfiction, you say you write nonfiction books and you're publishing to Apple, Kara would just email that to you directly to let you know. Uh, Kara works okay. at draft to digital and she's managing a lot of these uh, internal promos. Um, that's one thing. If you are publishing to Apple through uh, draft to digital, I know you, I don't think you can ask them direct because you don't know how to get a hold of Apple. You can request coupon codes and say, Hey, I'd like a coupon code for this book, 75% off. Could you make uh, could you make a coupon code that expires at the end of May, 2021? And I'd like it to be for this percent for these three ISBNs or this ISBN. And what will happen is the customer care, care team at Draft Digital will communicate with the people at Apple, their operations team. Apple will take them. It'll take them a few days. It's not going to, you know, at least on, on Google, you get it instantly. And on Nook Press, you get it instantly. Uh, Kobo will do the same thing if you're publishing direct. You email the Kobo Writing Life team. Give them three or four business days at least, because again, a human has to do it. Don't send it Friday at 5 p.m. Eastern. They're not going to see it till Monday. This is what always happens is like, hey, I sent a request in at 10 p.m. on Friday and nobody got back to me. What's one in the morning on Saturday? What are you talking about? <laughs> People sleep, you know? And, and they tend to work their office hours of their local territory, which is very North American centric over here. So, um, Give them some time. You can get those coupon codes from pretty much every major platform. Some of them self-serve and some of them through an aggregator. Uh, and they'll do it for you. Uh, if I have my way, uh, the Nook people will, uh, the people who are published to, to Nook through draft to digital can have that access too. We're working on that one. Um, I'm just sorry. I'm trying to also multitask and answer a question um, That's okay. that people and are asking. The asking what, that, 
Yeah, I know. Right? They're asking where the wife for the win group is. Don't leave my group. No, I'm joking. Please no, do no, go no. get. It's your wife for the rebel. Yeah, no, no. So what I was just going to add, actually, that's so fantastic about the wide for the win group is that um, so if you go to if you go to the top of the wide for the win group, there are there's like announcements. And if you click in the announcements, you're going to get a degree in wide marketing um, because they have this series of posts uh, with like a shit ton of links to like different um so like uh, what to do with reader magnets and all like a bazillion different people have told you like different uh, marketing things that they've done and what's worked and stats and figures. And then there's stuff on like newsletter promos and then there's advice on free. like I tried to go through it and I my brain like just just pussed out of my ears because there was so much information and so now like every friday i go and i'm like i'm gonna pick one thread to read from this from this group because um there's just so much information so please do go and join the group um and uh yeah go and make sure you target the announcements at the top of the um group and uh yeah go learn all of the things i feel like i was gonna say something else or we were talking about oh so I, I suppose the one thing that we haven't mentioned do you sell direct very very poorly yes um <laughs> uh, so i use book funnel to deliver and i've yeah, got I've, I've tested it with um um uh, uh, paypal and uh -huh. a hip and i'm i'm playing around with woocommerce and i, I think use stripe and woocommerce now Stripe and yeah so that is it's a mess. It's a right bloody mess because I haven't. I need. I need to dedicate a full day or two just to do all my books. Mm -hmm. I think I have four or five that I sell direct. I sell uh, audiobooks direct. Um, I, I've got the authors direct through Findaway, but I'm going to be testing that out because with BookFunnel too. Because again, I want people to have choice. If you want to buy direct, I go for it. Um, I used to, and this I think people had some questions about print books and bookstores and stuff. One of the things I did with the local indie bookstore when I was in Hamilton, Ontario, is I had a deal with Jamie. And there was a link on my website that said, oh, if you want a signed copy and you want to buy a print copy from a local independent bookstore, here's email Epic Books, order the book, tell me what you want. I'll run down there. You know, I'd, you'd be drive, I'd drive by her. I used to drive by her store on my way to work every day. And I'll, you know, we'll, we'll arrange that I can sign it and, and she can ship it to you. And that way you're buying my print book through her bookstore, supporting a local bookstore. And I'm supporting the lo local bookstore. Um, another thing I did with local bookstores, I know this is a bit of a, an aside, but uh, because a lot of our books are print on demand and non-returnable, I would get the bookstore to order. <clears throat> if I wanted to order author copies, uh, I would uh, say, well, okay, can you order 30 and... I know that they get a 40% discount and I know most staff at the store would get a 30% staff discount. So if they ordered a box and didn't even have to open the box and I bought all and they gave me the staff discount, they would still make 10%. It would be a pass-through sale. And I would still, I mean, again, this is for, for my, tradition, uh, my traditionally published books where I would get a 40% if I bought them from the publisher. So I get 30%, but I also get a sale which registers through you know, the, the, the book tracking <laughs> through their cash register. And I'll get paid my royalties in a year, eventually, from the traditional publisher. Or if it was print on demand, I wanted to do an event, I would say, okay, bring in 50. I'll do my book signing event. I'll do my thingy. 
And I'll buy any leftover stock so you're not stuck with it. Just please give me your discount because it does cost them money to return, even mm -hmm. if they're getting their credit. And and most most of the bookstores, if you have a good relationship, are, are willing to do that. Or hey, can you bring in five copies? I guarantee, and I guarantee you that I will <clears throat> do this. The other thing I should let you know, Sasha, is I placed a massive order at the beginning of the pandemic to try to support a really amazing local bookstore here in Waterloo, Ontario, Wordsworth Books. And I ordered one for me and one for the store to give away to a charity of their choice. And I ordered one of every one of your books and one of every one of Joanna Penn's books and a few other indie authors. And again, one for me, one for the store. And I basically, you know, on my note, I said, I'm buying one, I'm buying two, you keep one because they're constantly getting people from the community asking for donations. And I said, anytime a writer's group comes in, you've got like a dozen amazing books that I paid for. I don't care if you, you don't have to say it's from me, just you can, and it doesn't cost you any money. I supported some amazing authors and I supported a bookstore and this bookstore supported the community, which is what they do all the time. Mm -hmm. So doing stuff like that um, kind of puts you in their good graces. <laughs> So even though you are, you know, typically print on demand, if you have a, a solid relationship with your local bookstore and you're willing to do creative things uh, collaboratively, that's a, a great, uh, a great thing. Even on consignment, I had a friend who did books that way with a bookstore during the pandemic and she did a virtual book launch and she said, okay, place your order through this bookstore by this date uh, for pre-order and tell me what you want signed. And then she went in one day with a mask on and then she went and signed all the copies of the books and then they shipped them because they have the mechanism to do it and, and it worked out collaboratively. That's amazing. And the minute our local bookstore opens, which is the same bookstore that I went to as a kid, oh. I am going down there because I've moved home. I don't know if you know this, but I've moved oh. home. So I now live close to where I grew up. So awesome. I am actually going to go down there and be like, hey, I used to come in here and buy books when I was a kid. And now I'm like a real author. And uh, yeah, like I want to support. I could, so I am actually going to go and do that. So um, yeah, thanks for inspiring me to do that. I think that's fantastic. What an amazing, an amazing idea and like a but way it takes to a lot of work. Like publishing yeah. right. It's not like, hey, I published a book, I'm gonna be a millionaire. No, no, it it let's be I'll be honest, I'm not gonna lie to anyone. It's a hell of a lot of work. Mm -hmm. It really is. Being an indie is a hell of a lot of work, I it think. Is. It doesn't matter, you know. It doesn't matter what you're doing. This is this is not an industry that is um, one for little work. Oh, if you want to make if you want to make easy money, get a job at McDonald's. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, okay, so I am aware that we have gone just a fraction over an hour. Um, so I am going to put in. You can everyone up. I'm sorry. No, I just am acutely aware that you had surgery yesterday. And you Fine. Had you want to see my scar? No, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, okay, this so would kill me I... if I showed my scar. It's like <laughs> doing things like that. <laughs> Is it gnarly though? Is it like a proper... No, I love scars. It's only like a two centimeter incision and it's right here. Ah. And it's just like there's a bandage that uh, hasn't come off yet. So... Ah. Uh, so no shark bite that stories that you can that you can yes, weave. No. There could be like a little minnow bite. Okay, so um, I'm going to ask. Uh, unless anybody in the comments has uh, some qu uh, questions, I'm I will sort of pose 1.5 questions. So the first question is from Deb, and Deb says, um, other than writing a good book, 
having a professionally done cover and having a professional editor, what are the main things you can do that will help you sell more books wide? Uh, patience and persistence and not giving up because it does take a significant amount of time. Now, this also goes down to understanding and again, I know it's a tough one because I think someone else asked the question, what the hell? Like, I'm not a psychic. I think it was uh, Lena who said, I'm not a psychic. How the hell do I know what this dem these demographics are? Don't worry about, oh, they, they only drink diet soda on Sundays, uh, you know, through their nose, through a straw. Like, that's not the kind of demographics you want. The demographics to focus on are who is reading your books? Who is your ideal customer? What are the books that they've already read? What are the authors they love? What are the kinds of stories that resonate with them. And that's another thing that Nook Press has that nobody else has is they have themes for fiction. Yes, the theme of former lovers, for example, which is not even a Bizac category for romance. There are themes, um, interracial couples and all kinds of themes that are not even part of every any other scheme. What are the kinds of stories that resonate with people? What are the TV shows with the music that they listen to? Any of those things really, really understand as niche as you can. I know we're talking wide, but think about as niche as you can, this is the ideal reader. And think about them. And when you're thinking about your marketing on those wide platforms, um, try not to go too wide. Try to focus only in on those core people because it's those core people. Uh, I was just, um, there's been tons of studies through BookNet Canada for years that I've been following. And there was an amazing one done uh, through the good folks at Overdrive. It was sponsored by them and it's publicly available. Sasha, I'll try and remember to drop a link uh, in, the, in the stats. The primary number one driver for most people to buy books is still word of mouth. They may buy them online, but the primary driver is still word of mouth. It's recommended recommendations from people they know, like, and trust. And that could be influencers, right? Could be, I mean, let's be honest. It was Ronald Reagan was carrying a copy of Tom Clancy's, Tom Cl this unknown author, no one had heard of Tom Clancy, Ronald Reagan was carrying a copy of The Hunt for Red October. Uh, was it Reagan or was it uh, Bush? It might, might have been Bush, the first one, American president. Um, and I think he was, he was carrying that book and that made Tom Clancy, you know, and then the movie with Sean Connery and then, and then, and then. So word of mouth is still the number one driver. So that's why focusing on those people that are gonna go, oh my God, I just read this book. You have to read it. You were showing me a book before that, right? You're like there was something intriguing about that book. And now I'm probably gonna tell three or four people, oh, did you know this book that was inspired by Alice in Wonderland? And it, you know, like all of these things, I'm gonna be so excited to, to talk about it to other people. That's what you want. And that takes time because you're not always gonna find the right people right away. Um, for example, I, I published my, my book, A Canadian Werewolf in New York in 2016. I just did a promo on it recently and I'm having people read it for the first time, obviously, because nobody's ever read it. And, and that's where I'm having people go, oh my God, this is a different take on the werewolf mythology. Like this is, I've never, I've read thousands of werewolf books and I've never seen it done this way. And I was like, cool, you're my people. <laughs> Took me eight years to find you, <laughs> but you're my people. Thank you. You're going to buy all my books now, right? You're going to keep reading the series. Oh, good. Like, and that, but come on, like if I, if I had been going, wow, I released this book in 2016 and, and, and it flopped. Uh, well, I did learn a couple things. I, I actually realized my cover was off targeting. Uh, I was thinking, I wasn't thinking urban fantasy because it didn't have, 
didn't have all the tropes. It was just the one thing was the guy was a werewolf, but you never see him as a wolf, right? It was always about the human. So I was thinking it was more literary. Well, literary people don't want to read that shit, right? So, so the cover was, was attracting the wrong audience. Uh, and then when I changed the covers, that helped dramatically. But then also even just doing a couple extra promos where suddenly now I'm getting people recommending it to other people. And now I'm finding these wolf fans I found it posted on on um, on news lists because you, you do, I do vanity searches, right? You, you have a vanity Google search, and then if some, something but that's, comes up. Yeah, Google alerts are amazing for that Google though. Alerts, They're actually yeah. super handy. Yeah, then you can find. I don't like half of them are these stupid uh, sites where they claim that they're free. Who gives a shit? I don't care. But uh, it's the other ones where I'm like, oh, cool, someone's recommended. That's why I suddenly said because you're like, I didn't do any promos. Why did I suddenly sell five books where I normally sell one a day? Why did I suddenly sell five today of this book? And then you go and you go, oh, there was like a some you know, Reddit or some other platform where somebody went, oh, I just finished reading this book by Mark Lessing. You got to really check it out. And, blah, 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 blah. and then suddenly I'm getting all of these people tagging me on, on Twitter saying, oh, I just read this. And when's your next one coming? And I was like, where did you come from? <laughs> so, but come on, that was six years ago. <laughs> So I, funny you say about influences, I definitely think that that is one of the key ways that I um, buy books these days because I follow a few key people who, um, people who will remain nameless, who I am bitterly jealous of, that get sent a shit ton of books because they have massive Instagrams and I'm like, <laughs> bitches, like I want all the books, um, as you can tell from my excessively large bookcase, it's only getting bigger at the moment, um, yeah, and I, like, I genuinely, like perv over their book mail and like I take deep pleasure in watching them open their book mails and like you can guarantee when they have like a thing of like 20 um stories I will put one of those books in my bloody like book basket on Blackwells or Waterstones or wherever um and yeah, so like I, in terms of trying to find those readers, I, I, I mean, for me personally, I know that young adults tend to spend a lot of time on Instagram because it's the bookstagram com community. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so I'm always searching on there and looking at the other things that they're posting and similar books and looking at reels and TikToks and things that, you know, young adult readers are doing. But the other thing to look for is look on Facebook for reader groups because there are a ton of reader groups yeah. on Facebook that are niche genres. So you can actually find groups full of your um, ideal reader. And now, of course, most of these um, groups have rules like no promotion. So if you join as an author, be um, respectful and just observe and be there as a reader of the genre that you write and interact because you'll learn an awful lot more um, by interacting in these groups than you will by going, bye bye back because everybody then is just going to think you're an asshole. Um, so don't do that. Right. You, you, you mean to actually become part of a community, engage and, and, I know. and give it's to fucking the nuts. And, and the right people, the right people will, will go, Wow, Sasha said something interesting about villains. Sounds like she knows a lot about villains. Oh my God, she's got a book. And they, and they, they, they stalk you, right? They cyber stalk you. They go, right. and go, oh my God, 13. <laughs> I got to buy it. That's, but that does not happen. Sasha didn't run in there and go, hey, here's my book. Right? Like Sasha went in, became part of the community, and the right people found. But that's patience. 
And there's no exactly. magic bullet. There's no like, hey, I just pushed a button and everything was happy for me. Exactly. I would like a happy button. I, I had a happy button yesterday. The anesthesiologist, he, he put it on my face. It was like the nitrous oxide or whatever. I was happy, happy yesterday. You, I remember coming around the last time I had surgery and I was just like, have you ever seen me, myself and Irene <laughs> film with Jim Carrey yeah, yeah. and the cotton mouth scene and the cotton mouth scene? And I was, I was like, oh, I'm Jim Carrey. And the nurses were like, what? Anyway, it was. And then I was like, oh, I'm the Hulk because she put the BP thingy on me and, I, and it just blew up. And I'm like, I'm the Hulk. And they're like, you are high as fuck. <laughs> Bless those nurses. Anyway. Right, I'm going to um, put the link to your book in the comments once again. Um, so guys, please do go and pre-order a copy. Um, or if you're like me, then like you will just have to wait for the paperback. No pressure mark, but all of the pressure. Oh, or ask um, through your favorite local bookstore and show them that you support them. I am going to do that. I am actually going to do that. I wonder if I can... I wonder if they're even I wonder if they're trading but like because obviously we're still and nothing's open still in the UK I don't know I'll try they and email don't do, them because um, we, we we would have uh when the stores weren't open we had like curbside pickup or delivery I don't know but I am going to email them and try and find out yeah. so oh, my mum's just commenting in the <laughs> in the thread that's so funny <laughs> hi mum um you swore yes. in front of your mum Oh, my mom, bless her. She, I think she'll just like put her ears, uh, her ears, her hands over her ears. She knows her daughter is oh, an absolute heathen. I feel so. I know. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. So absolutely amazing. Thank you so, so much for your time. Um, yeah, it was, it was absolutely amazing. I can't believe how many post-it notes I've written. I literally have like a gazillion post-it notes and, um, yeah, good luck with the launch and we will all be supporting you. So yeah. Thank, thank you, you guys so for much. Great questions as well. Yeah. Thank you everybody. Okay. And, um, bye-bye.